Lisa Kay, connecting the community on Talk of the Town. Well, happy Monday from the KTOE studios. We're back. It's Talk of the Town. My name's Lisa Kay. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today on a Monday to kick off the week. It was a busy weekend. Kind of a, a disappointing uh, Vikings game. We don't need to talk about that. I'm sure the morning show did all of that. Marine Gustafson back in with Mankato Area Foundation. Did you watch the game at all? I did. I watched it while I was making a lesson plan. And um, so I wasn't quite as disappointed that I didn't waste three hours of my life. I, I, I kept busy. Uh, turnovers weren't on your lesson plan, were they? No, no. they were not. No. <laughs> We could use some of that, uh, help with that. But uh, as we're getting back into the swing of a Monday, beautiful day, looking like mm, 72, the expected high for today. You brought some sunshine into the studio. We talk a little bit about what Mankato Area Foundation does and the different organizations and people that you connect with in the community to help make our community a better place to be. Correct. And um, we fund a lot of different groups. We help them find funding and we help get their message out. And so today I'm thrilled to have Sherry with me from FOCP. And she's going to tell you all about her mission and what's going on there. When I first started at the foundation in 2020, of course, the shutdown was going on. And FOCP was under huge stress Mm -hmm. to go from providing food for the weekend to students to a whole week. Right, And so I started driving a route for Sherry mm-hmm. to deliver the food. And um, lo and behold, Nancy, for the president of the Mankato Area Foundation, was up there presenting Sherry with a giant check to help um, FOCP get through all of that with the additional costs. And so um, the organization that I had just started with, I was so excited to see, was a huge supporter of this big food initiative that was helping people through a horrible time. Mm -hmm. So we've had a really strong relationship with Sherry. A lot of our donors prefer to work with food insecurity, Mm -hmm. and she's just been a spectacular partner. So take it away. All right. Well, welcome, Sherry Sanders-Silva. Good to have you uh, behind the mic today. Um, Tell me a little bit about, I'm going to, the listeners might know if they've been with me for a while. Um, I know about Feeding Our Communities Partners. I I kind of was uh, around in the very inception right. of the whole uh, program and really have seen it grow, uh, which is really impressive. FOCP, I know Maureen mentioned that, Feeding Our Communities Partners. Tell us what it is that the mission is. Yeah, so our mission is to engage the community in solving youth hunger, and we very much live and breathe that mission. Um, we have a very small team of seven, and our work is carried out with over 2,000 community volunteers a year. And so Um, As Maureen mentioned, um, it's just been really spectacular to see that our programs have been able to grow due to that community support, um, both in kind and through just time spent with our org. Right. And so how does the program work initially? I know that there are different factions, branches of what it is that you do, but initially um, starting out with making sure that kids have food. Right. So we were founded um, locally here in 2010 with our backpack food program. That's what we're most widely known for. Um, Since then, we've expanded our services to now serve um, K through 12. Um, We were serving five school districts last year and just added JWP, so Janesville, Waldorf, Pemberton, to our docket this school year as well. 
Um, and we do have a wait list of other communities that are very interested. Um, we just have to be very thoughtful um, about those expansions. Right, right. And yeah. as you continue to expand, making sure that you have all the resources mm-hmm. that you need. Um, so we're going to be talking about how you get those resources yes. and a, a little mm-hmm. fun, a fun fundraiser that you have coming up yeah. in a little bit. Um, but moving into that new school district, what does that look like for you? Because when I uh, was initially involved in the Backpack Food Program, it was District 77. It was mm-hmm. on certain age. And you right. said five. And now you're adding another school district. Yeah. How do you decide? Can you talk a little bit about how it is that you decide whether you have the resources and the funding available and, and the right. I mean, transportation and all of that? Yeah, I will say they're very difficult decisions. Um, as I mentioned, our programming is all offered through very strong partnerships. And so although the food starts at our warehouse, it needs to make its way to those communities and then ultimately in the backpacks or lockers of the students that are enrolled. Can you tell me what communities, first of all, I mean, you mentioned JWP and I mentioned District 77. Yes. What else? So we are currently in the Lake Crystal School District, the Maple River School District, um, St. Clair, Nicollet. um, Ooh, who am I missing? I'm missing the spot. Right. Is that five? Uh, yes, <laughs> and then JWP. And JWP. Yes. Okay, I was yes. like, that is five, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it, every time you make that expansion, you have to be very mindful mm-hmm. of uh, your resources and how you're growing. Right. So, little known fact about our programming is that we're very different from a traditional food shelf. Um, we are not state or federally funded. And so we have to raise the funds day to day, month to month, to purchase the food to offer to these students. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no fee, obviously, for participation in our programs, and we have very few guidelines. Um, we want to create as few barriers possible between youth getting the, the nutrients they need to be successful. And so um, anyone can enroll in our programs if they're feeling the pinch or find that it is difficult to put adequate nutrition food, nutritional food on the table for your youth during out-of-school hours. Um, our programming does um, focus on mainly weekends, extended breaks, including summer months. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, if I can do a little plug for the McKittery Foundation, um, they stepped in three years ago um, when there was an additional service gap left during the summer months for weekday meals, um, particularly for students that live in area food deserts. So they don't have easy access to um, maybe the free meals at yes, school that are happening. 100%. Um, and so we um, rallied community partners and have brought forth um, partners like area churches and businesses okay. that will support that effort. Um, we do still purchase the food, and then we have volunteers go to these select sites, and they'll offer free weekday lunches to the youth oh, that need them. Okay. Um, but we didn't have the funding to make that expansion when the gap was made, or when we, we realized the gap was there. And so made a phone call over to Nancy and Maureen and said, <laughs> hey, like we've identified this need. We think we have a plan, but we need the funds to purchase the food. Right. And they've helped us start that and it's grown in its service numbers year to year. So we know that the need was there and that we're filling it in the way that we can. Now, just to be clear for yeah. people that may not have been with us and, and understood how Mankato Area Foundation is instrumental here, you have donors. We do. That if you're a donor and you're, or if you're a person just listening and, and saying, mm-hmm. you know, the, the problem of food insecurity speaks to me and I would like to help with that, I could create a fund upon which... Correct. You will associate that with right. my, my So desire. we have people that start <laughs> funds with us, and it's a great tax benefit. The fund is there for when they want to be charitable and philanthropic. And some of them have already said, I am very interested in food insecurity, homelessness, the arts, whatever their, their issue may be. Mm-hmm. And then we have opportunities like Sherry's came up. We could instantly turn to those people and say, hey, we've got this project. And of course, they jumped on it. But sometimes people that 
like the arts, also are interested in food insecurity. Mm -hmm. So we just have to make sure that we always make them aware of the projects that are out there and available. Right. A great connector is what I like to say. It's really a a great connector of um, some of the organizations to the funding that is available. Uh, So you can utilize Mankato Area Foundation in that way. Now, Sherry, we've just Mm -hmm. recently gone back to school. Most of these districts that we've talked about, uh, District 77, I think being the final one, that just went back to school. And so when... You have a new school year start. Do you see enrollment come up every year? How has it been looking? I'm assuming it's gone up since you've had to expand. It has, um, and it's not obviously the direction that we would love it to be going. It's our goal to solve youth hunger, right? Mm -hmm. But um, if the need is there, we're very grateful that with community support, we can, you know, grow to meet those needs as able. Um, And so, yes, we expanded into the JWP um, school district this year. Um, This is the start of the school year. So our enrollment is actually open year round. Families can enroll and at any point during the year and actually unenroll if they no longer need services. Okay. And I will say our, our service numbers do ebb and flow each and every week. Um, but this is the time of year by which we see them kind of skyrocket, right? Right. Um, families are starting school and we're thrilled that the universal meal program is going to be Right. I was going to ask, how does mm-hmm. that affect you? No, um, unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily right. alter our services because it's meant our services are meant to supplement what they would already receive in school. Um, but the more that youth can be supported and have that basic fuel that they need to, to ultimately thrive, I mean, that's what we all want to see, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so yes, yeah, so we're in um, that point in the year by which enrollment is climbing. Um, we really want to let families know that, as I mentioned, we are here for any and all in need. Um, if you find um, that you identify as food insecure, that it's at all difficult to put those meals, those weekend meals or extended break meals um, on the table for your child, please reach out to us. Um, enrollment is very simple. We have a very simple um, enrollment form on our on our website. It's actually electronic. Um, all of our school partners, um, teachers and social workers have um, paper forms. You can access them as well. Our services are provided discreetly. Um, and we do honor the major um, allergy menus or oh, allergy okay. needs along okay. with some religious I didn't even restrictions. think about that. I'm oh, sure. I've, when I've helped with packing... <sighs> We have lists of certain meals we have to pack that might be allergic to strawberries right. or maybe allergic to gluten. And so there's specialty items that go in those kits for those children to make sure that they get food they can eat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're not ultimately meeting our goal if we're providing food that doesn't mm. fill that hungry tummy. So we, right. we do um, take, we go to great lengths mm-hmm. to make sure that we're doing that. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's a busy time of year. <laughs> we want to talk about getting enrolled here. Yeah. When when you get enrolled, is it an online form? Do we need to come in and meet with you? I know a lot of people maybe don't enroll because, oh, there's so much paperwork and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to have to provide X, Y, and Z and I don't have time to gather all of that. Is it really that easy? It is very easy. And I will tell you that we are not a government agency, so the information that we do collect does not, it's not shared with anyone. Mm-hmm. The only reason we even ask for address is, as Maureen alluded to, we do do home deliveries during like the winter winter break. They're receiving like 12 days of food. Um, we can't necessarily send that home in a backpack of a kindergartner. And mm-hmm. so we deliver directly to student homes um, as well as during the summer months. Um, and so the information that we collect is really just the basic information that we need to do our jobs and serve that youth discreetly. Um, there aren't even income requirements that we ask of families um, to enroll. So right, right. Very, the schools very also easy. help identify. So yes. at conferences, a lot of right. teachers provide it there. Mm-hmm. Regardless, you know, they just have it there, and right. so that the families know that it's available. Right. 
Our guests on Talk of the Town today from Mankato Area Foundation, Maureen Gustafson, Sherry Sanders-Silva in with FOCP, Feeding Our Communities Partners, talking a little bit about the Backpack Food Program and some other things. I know, Sherry, I've talked to teachers before that are friends of mine who have either, um, well, they've, they've dedicated some time to go and actually pack because they see the effect in their classrooms. Right. And they're the ones, those teachers on the front lines, really making sure that those packs get into those backpacks. And you mentioned discreet. So yes. we know how difficult, if we have, if we have kids out there, how difficult going to school can be. We don't need something else on top of that, making right. it more hard for them. Explain that process. Yeah. So on average, there's um, nine hands that will touch our food packs before it makes its way from our warehouse to that backpack or locker. Um, we have kind of layers of volunteer support that run fairly seamlessly each week, but again, is very reliant on that volunteer support. Um, so we have groups that come in and actually help us prepare the food packs and get them into the bins that will ultimately be assigned to that school. Um, we have um, volunteers that come in weekly and we call them our load and delivery team. Um, they actually load the heavy bins for all the students enrolled in ISD 77 onto a semi and they follow it from school to school and unload those bins for us at those specific locations. Um, with our neighboring communities um, like Lake Crystal or Maple River, they have amazing dedicated volunteers that show up weekly to pick up those bins and bring them to their community. Um, our third step are what we call our actual distribution teams. And so we have businesses, um, it could be like Radio Mankato or um, Mayo Clinic Health System, both large and small, um, that will dedicate a staff member or two each Thursday afternoon to go to, to the school. They find those bins of food packs and they'll deliver them to the teachers that have your friends that have mm -hmm. students enrolled. Mm -hmm. um, and those teachers know who those students are. So it's only my team and the teachers that actually have identified which students are enrolled in the program. Okay. And they keep that you know, to themselves. And then on that Friday, um, over lunch or recess, the teachers will um, put the food packs in the backpacks or lockers of the students enrolled. And that student gets home on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning and opens up their pack and they have access to the food they need for that weekend. What type of food are we sending home? Yeah. We actually work with a, a nutrition team to curate our menus. Um, I think that that's one of the tricky things about our services as well is that um, we have very finely curated menus that provide child-friendly, recognizable, easy to prepare and nutritious food items. And so, um, you know, some of, you know, we have oatmeal packets and um, fruit cups and and then um, things that um, they get very excited about, like our Chef Boyardee or um, recognizable snacks, um, different brands mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Cheez-Its are a big hit, as you can imagine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, that sounds good to me yes, right now. Right. <laughs> yes. uh, you mentioned all of the different ways that um, our food that you send out in these packs is, is put together and driven around mm -hmm. and distributed. So volunteering, let's yes. talk about how many volunteers you use. Can you use volunteers? I always like to say people like to donate time and talent. It's not right. always a money thing. Right, absolutely. Um, we do work with thousands of volunteers a year. And I think that what's beautiful about our org is that um, you know we have a lot of autonomy because we're not part of a large umbrella organization. And so we incorporate volunteers in very unique ways. We do have our pack sessions that people are very familiar with. I will say that um, because they're so integral to our operations, we book out like two and sometimes three months in advance. Mm -hmm. So if you're even thinking about it, I would go on our website and see what available opportunities there are or reach out to our program manager, Lainey Boswell, and she'll be able to connect you. Okay. Um, Outside of that, though, we have um, dates coming That's up. That's a familiar name, and I know that family does yes. a ton of our community. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's very popular. Um, so um, 
And then outside of that, coming up here, I mean, I know that we don't want to think about the holidays already, but winter break is around the corner Mm -hmm. and um, we'll be posting the volunteer opportunities for those deliveries very soon. So keep your eyes out for that. So in addition to all of this that she does, Mm -hmm. she has to fundraise. Yes, Mm -hmm. because like we said, you know, um, and one thing I like to tell people and remind Mm -hmm. people when they when they start thinking about donating time and talents, but sometimes you just want to give some cash and the power of giving cash to an organization that works with food insecurity is your buying power is so much better than mine. Yes, absolutely. We can stretch a dollar much further, four times. Yeah, and so fundraising opportunities for us. I know that we have a a fun event coming up. Yes, Thursday, October 26th, we have our annual Cirque de Crave event. We host it up at the MSU Ballroom. Um, There are tickets available, individual tickets of $85. You can secure and reserve a table of eight for 800 and there's additional perks that come with that. Um, But we've found a way to connect with area restaurants, and we have just the best and the brightest of Southern Minnesota coming together as chefs. They will select an item from our food pack or one of our traditional food packs and make something very spectacular out of it for guests to try. Hmm. So like ramen noodles, orange slices, (laughs) the oatmeal, they come up with these spectacular gourmet offerings made from items and these from the are pack. like some of the top chefs that are around yeah, even here that cook for us anyways yeah wow. it's a lot of fun so guests um come over under our makeshift um big top it's a vintage circus theme always and so there's just fun games and and spectacular entertainment um really good mix and mingling and then of course the food really leads leads the evening the dishes Right. How do we get tickets for this event and how much are they? What do we need to know there? Yeah. So tickets are available on our website. Um, Just go to feedingandfueling.org, click on events. You'll see Cirque de Crave as one of our three um, fundraisers. Um, I will say they're selling fast. And so folks, if you're interested, um, I would would take a look sooner than later. Um, And as I mentioned, the ticket price is individual are 85 and then the table of eight is 800. All right. I'm going to put those links down below on the show notes. KTOE.com if you're looking to get tickets. Just like everything else around here, when there's when it's a big, fun event, those tickets can sell out. Like mm-hmm. Blingo. She did gone. last year. Boom. Yeah. Tickets were yep. gone. Yep. And yep. yeah, so if we don't if we don't get the tickets soon, um, you're gonna miss out on that fun event coming up October twenty-sixth. Uh, if we cannot go and we just are feeling that calling to donate to make sure that we're yeah. doing our part as well. Um, is the best place to go through Mankato Area Foundation or can we also come to you if we don't need to necessarily set up a fund or yeah, what, we, what do we do? We have some um, links available on our website. That's probably the most efficient way. Um, we do have ways to give with a credit card um, by which there are no fees as well. So just go to feedingandfeeling.org under give. There's a myriad of ways that you can support our work with a financial contribution. Perfect. And if we want to know more, should we be following you online? Absolutely. I was like, <laughs> they have the best posts. <laughs> Very fun. We are on Insta and and well, we're on all the major social media um, platforms, but Facebook and Insta are, are kind of our leading social. All right. Parts, Anything so. special? Should we, should we type in FOCP, FOCP or Backpack Food? Um, all of that will come way. up? Yep. Perfect. We're yep. going to add those there. Maureen, always bringing in some good guests. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And we will talk to you next month. And thank you, Sherry, from the Feeding Our Communities Partner Organization Backpack uh, Backpack Food Program going on nice and strong. Cirque de Crave, October 26th. We hope to talk to you again soon. Perfect. Thanks, Lisa.